winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Well, welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy. We have Mark, Marcus, Marco, Marcus Farrell. Yeah, I kept saying Marco because Marco was our called in the last hour, right? We have Sheriff Hodge in here. We're talking about the uh, the lawsuit that that's been filed at him by a bunch of uh, uh, de- former detainees of the House of Correction. And um, the sheriff's always willing to take your phone calls at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If you're just tuning in, it was an incredible last uh, last hour of radio, and we're going to do that again for the next hour. We have Tom Hodge in here with us, the sheriff of Bristol County, and um, Marcus. Well, so I have a question before we get to the calls, and we will at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. The the last caller, um, who is a plaintiff in the case, mentioned an iPhone video. Can you uh, clarify what, what what exactly he's talking about? We had, we had when when our our move team came, our move team goes in with with a with, goes in with a uh, regular camera. They they film everything from the, the the briefing they do before they go in, all the way through the entire operation. Prior to them getting up there, we had when they when they started attacking us in, in the unit we went we went out into the central control area we were able to use our our cameras to video um what was going on so iphones obviously um that was some of our so like one of our medical people had had a phone there because they were taking they were they were taking the washing machines and throwing them up against the door they took tables through them against the door they, they just trashed the entire unit um and then when they were on the outside there were there were various things that we were doing with to make sure that it was always all covered, right? So, so any inmates that were trying to act out or do anything, we would have recordings of it. So, okay. he's referring to the phones that, that were out there, the, the ones who had the phones, which we were asked to, to turn those in for um, for the, the inspector general. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on. One line open. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yes. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey. Hi, caller. And thank you, Sheriff Hodson, for your service. Well, thank you. Um, I truly believe, I agree with you, we've got a major fentanyl problem in this country. It's killing our children, and it's pouring across that southern border. But I also believe, Sheriff, that, and I'm sure you've experienced this, seen this firsthand, we've got a major problem in this country with young men being brought up in a family with no father. Big and problem. It's not... It's not a knock on single-family mothers whatsoever. Quite the opposite. I tip, totally tip my hat to them. But I just believe that we've got young men being brought up in the streets, which I think is just adding to the crime problem in this country, big time. Yeah, you know, the, the, you make a great point. The, the fatherless homes always um, are, are far more risky for, for kids growing up. Not all, but but it is. I mean, is that as a, I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand. Fatherless homes are worse than motherless homes. Like I'm trying to understand the, the point. The college. The male. He, I, I think he was referring to the male influence. You know, okay. uh, ver- the, the mother's obviously more maternal. Not that mothers can't discipline the children; they do. Um, but but it's there is a, a, a male influential part of growing up um, yeah. that that plays a part I, in this. I totally tip my hat to the mothers. They're doing yes. the job of two people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not a knock on the mothers. Believe me, it's not a knock on them. No. No, it's not. 
Okay, 508-996-0500. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yeah, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Um, Sheriff Hodgkinson, I'm not a fan of yours, but I'm not going to come out here and disrespect you either. So I'm just going to be fair. But that what that last guy said about uh, a lot of fathers not being home. I grew up with the mother and father in the house, so I was brought up that I do notice there are a lot of parents out there that are properly raising their kids. They act like kids themselves, and a lot of them end up in your facility because they want to act like an animal and not a responsible parent. Yeah, and I think, Colin, you know, you, you raise an important point. Uh, I think... You know, moms, dads. I mean, the, the the most important thing for the kids is to is to know that accountability matters, and I think that's what's missing in our country right now. Um, and that's why you don't see the respect with law enforcement. You see, I mean, we just saw the film what two days ago about the New York officer that stopped the guy who was coming over the the turnstile, and to, the kid just started. I think it was eighteen or or younger. I started just that, started yeah. wailing away on the police officer right. with no. No qualms about it, and just continued fighting. And 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 when we get to a point where people feel they can walk into a Walmart, steal, take a basket and steal everything, and not even run out, just walk out like you're not going to do anything to me, we got a serious problem. To your point about accountability, that we're not teaching kids, you know, the importance of right and wrong, and that if you do it, there's a consequence. Thanks, thanks for the call. We we have the highest rate of incarceration in the world, both per capita and I think total. It's hard to it's hard to accept that there isn't um, a lack of accountability when, frankly, I think, and I don't know if you'd agree that, that a lot of people that are even held in custody in the first place probably shouldn't be there. There's a lot of nonviolent offenders. There's a lot of people that are there for possession crimes. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's hard. It's hard for me to accept the fact that 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 we don't have a lack of accountability when I think. In fact, we're a bit too draconian with the way that we not only that we the, with the way that that we police people. And I also I'm not sure that it's always the 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 citizens' fault that they might have a mistrust of our government institutions. Well, let me let me I I I, I appreciate your point, Marks. Where I would differ with you is that the suggestion that that you know a number of these people don't belong in there. That's not my choice or your choice. But I would tell you this. Um, I, there, there could be some. I would not say it's the majority. Those who are in our facilities, it isn't the first time they were before a judge. It's usually five or six times. So you want to talk about accountability. If you're not going to be accountable after you went before the judge the first time and you're going to continue in those behaviors, you've basically sent a message like, you know what? I can't be out there without hurting other people's rights or offending people or whatever. And I, I think, look, whatever reasons it is that that person didn't get the guidance or learn that early on isn't a reason to say well we should just let them keep doing it out there because because i agree with you if somebody's if, if somebody's just being put into the first time for simple possession or something yeah i i, I think there's you're not going to see much of that we, we we're not more, anymore yeah but but i do think um that look until we get back to the basic uh, the baseline of accountability uh and and saying yes Doing this wrong does matter. We're not going to make excuses of why you said you, you felt you needed to do it. It's wrong. And and then, look, even in, in workplace environments, if somebody steps outside a policy or something, you generally aren't going to, you know, say, oh, I'm, I'm writing you up and you're, you're going to lose three days, right? You talk to the person. You sit them down and say, listen, what's your understanding of the policy? 
if you understand it, it doesn't seem like you're in, in, in concert with it. Is there, is there something going on that's causing you not to do it? If not, I need to be able to count on you. Now, if the person keeps going back and just doesn't care and, and, and continuing to, to do those things wrong, then, then that's a choice they made, right? And, and you, they didn't leave you any other choice um, other than, hey, there's a consequence for this. We're speaking with Sheriff Tom Hodgson. We're also taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Good evening. How you fellas doing? Good evening, Sheriff Hodgson. How you doing? Hi, tonight? caller. How are you? All right. Um, my question's off, uh, off topic about this. It's a little more uh, personal and it with the thing. Um, my daughter, Kyrie, she's autistic. Um, she's been, uh, I registered into her into one of your programs uh, that you have there. And uh, I got the, a harness that says um, may resist uh, help and stuff like that. Oh, I was yes. wondering. I was wondering, is there any way you can expand it more to, like, have her picture in the system, her prints and stuff like that? Because she's getting older and she hurts herself. And um, I, I'm worried about, like, like, cops. Last time I went to the park with her and I had to leave, she was flipping out and she was like, and, and she's big, and, and, and people were staring at me, like, carrying her, and someone said they were going to call the police, but it was just her flipping out. And I'm yeah. really worried about a, a situation like that happening, and then something, something happened. to her, right. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a legitimate concern. I would tell you, you're referring to our project, uh, I think you're referring to uh, Project Lifesaver, which is... Yeah, um, that's what, yes. Yeah, yes, so if somebody wanders, we're able to... To, to track them very quickly um, yeah. and get them back within within usually uh, thirty minutes or less, um, and so she has the equipment that we've 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 provided. But but there is a and, and of course we have the seatbelt. You're referring to the seatbelt uh, yeah. covers so that if if someone's autistic and they get you're driving and they get stopped and the person in the back seat's acting out and not cooperating, it's not because they are a discipline issue. It's that they have are suffering from autism. So that's yes. why we have those on there for police or anyone that would be responding to an accident, EMTs or whatever. They'll see that person has a notification that they're, they're autistic. Yeah. And, what, what, and, and but, but when she's out, um, I, you know, that's it. We have, we don't have, uh, any other marking, but that's an interesting, I, I want so, to take a look into that because it depends some kind of a, some kind of a, something you could attach to their clothing yeah. or something like well, that. That's a that's a good the, point. The, the other and thing, the, if you're looking for like a registry, you'd have to you'd have to look at your whatever town or city or town you're in, and go to your local police department and see what they uh, the, what they have. Actually, I'm the chairperson of the Commission on Disability. I worked with um, Lieutenant Cobza. We worked with Lieutenant Cobza um, actually on on getting uh, a registration for um, in, uh, for people like a, a known to wander that's more broad and, and, and broadly applicable. So it depends on what town you live in. Well, we have we yeah. have that program. Too. We, we, oh, okay. to school, we, we actually registered them in, into the yeah. computer. Oh, we okay. do seniors as well. Okay. Yeah. Think, All right. I misunderstood. I was thinking of something like in the registry statewide to, with my license, you know, and it, 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 as soon as they type it the, in, boom. The, there is a 911 form, I believe, that's for the state yeah. uh, as well, actually. Because I'm really concerned, really, really concerned about that. Hey, caller, I think if you give the sheriff's department a call yeah. Yeah. tomorrow or yeah. during the week, um, he's got staff over there, and they can they can probably yeah. work with you on that. That's a, some great idea, sir. Yeah, it, right. it really I'll, is. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a call. I'll give the sheriff's office a call tomorrow. Yeah, my ask, name's Michael. Yes. Uh, okay. And what am I asking for? Uh, you can you can ask just ask for the um, the uh, youth the excuse me the senior program director. Senior program director. Yeah, or or you could say the the program director for for autism. 
Okay, I'll do that tomorrow. Thank you very much. Yeah. You guys have a good night. I'm going to listen to you now. Thank, Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. He could call, actually. Yeah, I think people Actually, don't... the caller can call Tina LePage. Is the, she's the head of the whole program. Tina LePage. LePage. Tina LePage. So a lot of people don't realize that you do a lot of other things over there besides just the care and custody of inmates. Right. Oh, absolutely. The, and, the, uh, the elderly program, the autistic program. Yeah, the office of sheriff is, is far more broad. Some sheriffs... Uh, may choose not to to exercise the full breadth of the office of what right. they provide for the people their 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 counties, but but it is a it is a a very broad uh, public safety responsibility. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on the program. So um, I uh, I have a question. You know I have a column on WBSM dot com. You, you you did mention it was election year. Your your Democratic opponents each had something to say about. Um, the recent lawsuits, and what they're saying is essentially, the 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 collective I think statement by by them is that uh, all of these they're saying that you're an embattled sheriff essentially. You're in a lot of a litigation, and that's costing the taxpayer money, and that litigation is a result of your treatment of the people that you are in care of. Um, what would your response to that be? Well, my response would be uh, every sheriff's department gets those. Uh, we've had people saying that they're mistreated. They file lawsuits. Look, we 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 have a phenomenal staff. We've been nationally accredited twice at 100%, as I said earlier, over six years, back-to-back. That's almost unheard of by the, by the highest standards in the industry. So, so you're going to have... You're going to have people who are going to file lawsuits. They feel they say, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get. Uh, I should have gotten better treatment about my back issue or whatever." They're entitled to file the lawsuit. Then the question becomes in the courts: Did you really meet all the requirements? I have a phenomenal medical staff, so so we're not in any anomaly when it comes to these things. And and more and more, as you know, it's a very litigious society today, and people sure. will. Excuse me. We had one inmate. <clears throat> that's all he does is just file lawsuits. Sure, all day yeah. long. That's what he does. No, I get that. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. One of actually one of your opponents did say that. Uh, just said that. You know, you talked about the medical staff. Said that he they knew somebody that was refused medical medical treatment, and um, so and I, I know this was touched upon earlier. But what you're basically saying is that's that's just wholly untrue. Right. Well, look, I, I don't know what, if they were specific, I could, I could probably get into the detail of it. Some people would say, oh, my, you know, they, they will call and say, my, um, my cousin told me that he wasn't getting the proper medication he should be getting and he's been asking for it and asking for it. What, what, what they're not telling you is that, yeah, um, you may not have gotten some particular thing you asked for because you weren't allowed to have that. Or, Somebody said, well, I, I've been asking to go to the medical unit for, for two days and I didn't get, they still hadn't gotten to me. Okay, we may have had like serious heart issues that we had to deal with and yours was, you know, a, I don't know, a stub thumb or something. Um, that That's not going to get you immediately to the unit when you got more serious cases. They, they, we, <clears throat> we, we move quickly to get people in, but, but you got to remember, we're dealing, right now we have about 700 and some odd inmates. Right. So you can imagine what a hospital would be like in an emergency room with 700 people. Not that all 700 of them go. I'm just saying. Sure. It's it's um, you have, we have a lot of people with a lot of different issues. Right. Sheriff, I've, I've, I've had conversations with people who've been in prison and um, they call it chasing medication that they'll they hurt. He said a, a guy told me he said, you can't believe what people in prison do to get medication. They call it chasing medication. 
He actually told me he he they called him the bone breaker. He would break your arm so you could go get painkillers. This wasn't in your facility; it was in the state prison system. Yeah, but they would take a metal pipe and break someone's arm so the person could go get painkillers. Yeah, but there's I mean, even in this lawsuit, there's people here with with pre-existing medical conditions that have come in with certain medical conditions and that are that are accusing you of of, of refusing treatment or, or not treating not treating them properly. How do well, you, you know, swim over the Rio Grande with a pre-existing condition? That's what I want to know, Sheriff. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but you know the the other the other point to, to this is look people look it isn't it shouldn't be surprising that inmates are going to tell you things right they're, sure they, they they're going to say things that just aren't so not right. all if, there, if there's a legitimate complaint we're right on it if somebody fell short on our standards you can bet that's not going to be could be allowed and it's going to be corrected but we don't have the we we have, we have a great medical unit and a responsive medical unit to Chris's point um, look people were getting suboxone inside the facility so what would happen is what would they do they would because we have to have a nurse make sure when we they have to line up the nurse has to watch each one of them yeah until it dissolves we've had guys who've had a tooth missing or whatever they hide it they they then inside their mouth it right. looks like it's gone they take it back to their cell they break it up and they sell it to other sure. other other inmates because they're criminals well and they're and, right. and they're and they're they're looking to make money right not all but right. but but that's so the system itself is designed. You have people there all day long who have time to figure out how can I beat the system to get an advantage, right? What do I need to do? Aaron Hernandez. I mean, he was Aaron Hernandez was looking for ways whenever he could to to manipulate the system. And he it's was human in your, nature. He was in your custody for some time, yeah, about right. a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We're live with Sheriff Hodgson. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Fourteen twenty WBS here uh, right now with. Marcus and Chris and Sheriff Hodgson, and we're taking your calls at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on the program and talk to us and talk to Sheriff Hodgson. It's been an amazing it's uh, been couple a, hours. It's been, a, it's, been a great, it's been a great couple hours. I appreciate um. I appreciate you coming on. I am standing up now just to intimidate you, Sheriff Hodgson. I'm not sure if it's working, um, but I, Chris, I think you had uh, you had some questions for the sheriff. Yeah. So, so Tom, as, as you pointed out, surprise, surprise, it's election time. Here come the the lawsuits and the reports. The um, another group that that advocates for uh, the, the prisoners, the criminals, uh, the le- Pr- prisoner prisoner, le- prisoner legal services. They're the ones yeah. that filed the lawsuit for the jail calls, right? And they've also filed the. There's, there's a, they've got a report out that claims. A transgender inmate was, claims they were they were raped uh, in your facility, although there's no record of them, and they 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 don't they have no have a name of the inmate. Jonathan gave a response to it, um, saying that we don't house transgender inmate with other inmates; they're always housed alone. So I don't know they don't have a name of the person, but they released this report saying that that happened, but we don't know who they are, and um, even though there's no record of it, what do you say about that? Well, the, you know, oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, you know the, the, uh, those are those are obviously yeah. some of the disturbing things for us. Look, if if there's ever uh, things can happen in a jail, no question about it. Right, we, we we would never say that they can't. Um, but my staff are very focused on doing everything they can to protect every single inmate in there. Um, every sheriff's office in the country right now is very short staffed, which right. raises the dangers not just for the inmates but our staff as well. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, so, but in this instance you're talking about, it's it's disheartening that. When you have people just throw these things out or have some inmates say, this this happened to me or this happened. If it happened, we'll be the first to look into it. We're not sure. going to allow that kind of thing to happen in our place. We right. have standards. Right. But if it did, then we would want to be 
no, notified about it and investigate it. We have investigators. That's what they do, right, to make sure that inmates are, are not being victimized or what have you. What, what I found really, really problematic with the report is that they have no information, but they just felt free to make the charges, right? So that, so, and then look, there are mothers and fathers that have wait, you know, children in your, not children, but adult children in your facility, and um, they're hearing these reports, even though they're false. Um, scary, and they're scary, right? Yeah, of course. And, and it, it doesn't do anybody any good to create these these uh, falsehoods about about your facility, right? And, and, and right, and that's a great point, Chris. And the other thing is. Um, we, we saw that with these activists when, when we had that situation at the ice building. Right. They were churning these guys up, sending money. Into, they, they, look, that's, you, you're dealing with dangerous situations when you start trying all your, your activist nonsense and saying, oh, these poor people, they're mistreated when in fact they're not. Right. And then you start getting them all riled up. You're going to get another inmate hurt, or you're going to get my officers hurt because you're playing your little political games. What what they what what they what, what it's alleged by prisoners' legal services is that nothing's actually been being done when these incidents are reported, and so there's a chilling effect because they may in fact be retaliated retaliated against for um, for reporting it. So okay, well that's just a, that's a. That, that's a blatant lie. We, we, we don't ever, we take every single complaint in there seriously. If somebody comes forward with a complaint, that, that we, have, we have staff in place to investigate anything that goes on. Our job is to protect the safety and security of these detainees and, and inmates while they're with us. That's our charge. That's our fundamental responsibility. So, so to suggest that, oh, these complaints, go, nobody, nobody would look into it, and it's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live with Sheriff Hodgson. Hi. Good evening, gentlemen. Chris, Hi, I'm Colin. so glad that you're doing the show and you sound great. Thank you so much. Looks great, too. Thanks. I'm Thanks. glad you're back. Thank you. Um, okay, so I'm a taxpayer, and I'm getting tired of these um, complaints and these lawsuits, so I am voting for the other man, just to let you know that's running against you. Uh-huh. But I, I, I'd like to know, while you're in office, what you do, clarify what you do on a daily basis from the minute you get in there till the minute you leave. It and I want another question. Wait a minute. I have another question, and then I'm going to hang up and listen. I've been told by um, very good sources that uh, people that work in the jail bring drugs in. And you did have a man there that was running money for Carlos Rafael over to Portugal. That's a known fact. So I'm going to hang up and listen to what you do on a daily basis because I personally didn't like you going up to see Trump all the time, constantly. That really went through me sideways. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, first of all, let me let me address your last comment that you didn't like me going up to see President Trump. You're entitled to your feelings about that. Um, you probably didn't like the other sheriffs, about 300 sheriffs that I brought there as well, to sit down where we had a president for the first time in my lifetime that brought the people in who had their boots on the ground, that understood the issue so that when he decided to make decisions on policies, he didn't do it through politicians who were looking to get points. He wanted to make sure that whatever policy he created was going to go back and directly benefit the people that we represent. So I don't apologize for that. And if and if I was asked to go down there and meet with President Biden because he wanted to do the same thing, unfortunately he doesn't, but if he did, I'd be there as well because in the end, 
my job is to maximize every opportunity I can to make sure the people in my county are safe. So I won't apologize for that, and I'm sorry you feel sure, that way. Sheriff, your relationship with President Trump is more than just a relationship of convenience. You like him. You supported him. There's there's, uh, there's actually a picture with Jess Machado. Uh, I saw one of her uh, one of her columns of you in her standing out there. I don't apologize in, for... Endorned in Trump stuff. Right. I, I don't I don't apologize for that. President, President Trump... When it came to taking care of the the things that mattered to me that I swore I would do for the people of this county, if I'm going to get a president that's going to stand up and try to reinforce the rule of law, you can bet I'm going to be there all day long. And that's why I had over 300 sheriffs with me at the White House, and that wasn't the first time. I had sheriffs there uh, prior to that. We had about 58 sheriffs that, that were there. We I met with the president on a number of occasions. And you know what? I don't apologize for that. I, I, I You know what? If some presidents can, if there, there are people, look, people have different, I have 12 brothers and sisters, three quarters of them are Democrats. I love every one of them. We don't always agree on things, but I don't go, you know, I'm not going to talk to you or you're, you're, you're this or that. If, if we have common things that we can do to help each other or we have common interests, why would you say, well, you don't agree with me, so therefore, you know, you're a bad guy, okay? I, I, I'm not into that stuff. I'm into what can I get, the, what benefits can I get? I went down during the Obama administration, and um, I went to, to meet with uh, Janet Napolitano. I met with actually the, the, the now Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, who was a deputy at the time, and I had him figured out after that first meeting that it's, he's exactly what I said he was now. Okay, I figured that out back then the way he was he was you know running the meeting. But at any rate, that's neither here nor there. The point is. You, she's asking me what what do I do? I well, number one, I I meet with staff, depending on what our our, our current issues are. We have um, we have of course with COVID, we we are constantly trying to figure out what do we have to do to pivot, what do we have to do to change our protocols. All these things are all ongoing on a regular basis. Our programs in the community, expanding our programs for youth, doing these kinds of things. That's the responsibility of the office of the sheriff working with the other PDs, setting up um, uh, new programs, uh, building other relationships, doing training, uh, joint training for other PDs. All of these things are all part of decisions that have to be made in the course of it. And then, of course, our staff, you know, dealing with the stresses of COVID, being there every day, trying to figure out what can we do to get them more time off at a time where you can't find people that want to go to work in corrections anymore or law enforcement. So, Sheriff, um, she, also, she also brought up the fact that over over the yeah. years you have uh, very few, but it has had does happen that occasionally corrections officers go bad. That can happen. It oh, can yeah. happen. Please, address, you know, just address that. What she what she asked. Sure. Just generally, look, you can you can you can find in any profession, doctors, you know, lawyers, mm. educators, anybody, <laughs> even lawyers, Marcus. <laughs> you know, the the, the, the pe look people people, go bad. Can, people can can make mistakes and right. they do and and it ha and we're. If you look at any corrections facility, you're going to find what what she's suggesting is we, we don't we police it right. We we try to make sure that there's no opportunities for that. But you can't. And you've got to feel enormously betrayed when it happens. Of course, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And um and so and and we don't just swish those things under the rug. No. Okay. The point is, if she she her point is is legitimate that these things do happen, no right. question. But the question is, what do you do when they do? Right. And that's that's the bottom line in the end. So, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on. We've got a call. Let's take it. Good evening. You're live with Sheriff Hodgson. Hello, how are you everybody doing? Sheriff, you're doing a great job. Don't let anybody talk to you about what's going on because they have no clue between what's right and wrong. You have a problem with immigration. They come across the border, left and right. They they they're killing off our kids with the fentanyl that's come across. 
of Mexico, and China's the big corporate. But people don't want to talk about that. The thing about this country is that, uh, that people are half blind. They just want their own situation. And the question is, sure, you and Trump, that's fine. But the, the thing with Trump is, he was for law and order. Right now, let's go to New York. Let's go to San Francisco. Let's talk to those sheriffs and DOJ and stuff like that. People are living with droves. The other day in, um, in New York City, a guy goes into a store and tries to rob the guy. The guy defends himself from a 60-year-old guy. And the DOJ in New York wants to put this guy in the store a promoter. That's insane. Yeah. Our law and order in our country is going down the tubes. They, they get, in San Francisco, you go and steal, like, okay, what a Walmart. If you steal $1,000, you get slapped in the wrist, and guess what? They're back on the street, they're going to steal some more. So, Lord and Lord is a big, important thing in, in this country. And, Sheriff, you're doing a great job, and it's not easy to run the jail. I used to work in the juvenile correction officer down in Florida. It's no picnic. Staff right. is hard. It's not an easy job. Yeah. It's, it's like a police officer, firefighter, and a correction officer. Those jobs are tough. And yes, it's a 24-7 job. And people don't understand that. It takes a lot of staffing. You got a lot of shortages. You got a lot of overtime and stuff like that. That does happen. So you are doing a good job. And thanks for the call. You know, you, you know, the caller raises a, a real important point about where we are right now in this country, particularly around crime. You know, we all have to ask ourselves, right? And we, first of all, at a time where America is spiraling downward the way it is right now, and particularly with the lawlessness going on and these elected officials who are, who are finding that the criminals really should be considered the victims and that the real victims shouldn't be considered at all uh, is, is, is really problemsome for all of us where we are. But I think we have to ask ourselves, all of us, regardless of what your, your position is, radio talk show host, sheriff, um, carpenter, whatever, we have to ask ourselves, at this time in history, what will our kids and our grandkids say of us in the future? Are they going to say that my mom and my dad, when America was spiraling downward, said when crime was rampant in the communities and fentanyl overdoses were happening, did they just stand down and say, you know what, I've worked all my life, it's your problem, you figure it out? Are they going to do what their parents, our parents, and our grandparents did during World War One, World War Two? the Depression, when America was really being faced with a very different kind of challenge, but, but a very difficult challenge. They stood up, and they passed on a more prosperous, safer America to us. And we have to ask ourselves now, and this gentleman raised a good point. We need to all speak up, and we need to defend, get, get away from this constant, you know, you know, political divide, back and forth. If you don't believe this, then you're, you're, you're a bad person. Or if you support this person, I don't respect you because you should be doing supporting who I want. And that's not America. We just got to get back to what are the issues that matter to us? And we need to fight for them. Did you just call for a, <laughs> a, a second new deal? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you said we came out of the, 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 uh, came out of the depression stronger. Uh, and we left a, a world that was more prosperous. We did that through a vast expansion of, um, of, of social, pro, uh, social programs and, 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 um, <laughs> labor rights and um, and all of that. I think that a lot of that's, you know, uh, been winnowed down. Right? I, I think you heard a lot more than, than, yeah. than the rest <laughs> yeah. of us did. But, yeah. but anyway, the, um, Sheriff, I, I do have a, um, 
call the point about working at a correctional facility, and I know from past interviews with you, that your department works very closely with area police departments because you got your folks, and this is pretty fascinating, are able to gather a lot of intelligence on gang activity, drug activity, things of that nature. I know from speaking to one of your officers in the past about the tattoos, that it's a whole separate language, that, that you guys know what's going on with things, or you have to keep inmates, and also the telephone calls backwards, forwards, things like that, that there are messages that are sent back and forth, and that you're able to perhaps, in some cases, prevent crimes from going on in the outside or solve crimes that have taken place on the outside, including homicides. Uh, talk about that relationship. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a very important one because, um, look, the, we, we, have, we probably have the most the best intelligence uh, resource anywhere around because right. we know the players. We, we deal with these individuals. Uh, we know who's connected with who. We know the, we know the, uh, the, we know the gang symbols. We know the different tattoos. We, uh, the police departments often will call and say, Hey, we just had a, we just had a robbery over here. Uh, we think this guy might be involved. If we know that that guy that they believe is has an associate inside there. Right. We're, we're going to start listening to those phone calls. Right. We solved the case for, for New Bedford. They had no witnesses. And this guy called his girlfriend. She said, I was just over at, um, I was just over at the store on Arnold Street, and they robbed it. And so we were able to pick that up. And the Bedford PD just had the, the yeah, there's, now there's, they had a witness. As a criminal, former criminal defense attorney, there's a lot of cases that are, uh, that are, um, lost by on our side by by jail calls. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's actually it's it's uncanny actually because yeah. it, it's like you know that the calls are coming in, and you know that they're going to be recorded, but it just happens anyway. It's it's yeah. it's pretty incredible. Yeah, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We're actually going to take a break, and um, we'll be back. We're, we're with Sheriff Hodgson. Listen to us live. Welcome to South Coast tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy with Marcus Farrow here, of course, my co-host. And we have in studio Sheriff Tom Hodge and America's Sheriff. Been a great sport. Been a great sport. He takes them on. Takes them on. Yeah. All comers. All comers. And you can, you can join the, the party at 508-996-0500. Um, we, uh, we're just talking uh, that uh, Governor Baker was down for your, uh, for your re-election efforts. Yes. Um, the, the, the governor. And um, you have... Um, well, it's, it's amazing, Sheriff, to talk about the fact that you have the highest name recognition of any sheriff in the state of Massachusetts. Well, you know, I, I, I really attribute that to the, the, the opportunity and the blessing that I've been given by the people of this, of this county to serve. Um, and it really is. Um, you, you know, there are always going to be those challenges. People have different points of view, and I get that. I don't have a problem with that. Right. Um, and and th I don't dislike people because they happen to be, you know, far more liberal right. as, as some of these, these activist groups and so forth are. Um, but I, I just believe that, and, and some people don't like the fact that I'm willing to stand my ground and fight for what I believe in with regards to the promise and the oath I took. And that's okay. They don't have to, they, they, they can not like me for that. Right. But I think, I think a lot of it is maybe, maybe some of that has to do with the fact that, that, there was at least I think for a long time people had this attitude like I got to go along to get along with the political machines right. and do this and do that. Um, otherwise, I won't get votes. And look, I've had people come up to me and go, you know, I don't agree with everything that you stand for or that you're doing, but I appreciate the fact that you're willing to stand up for what you believe in is right for for the people. Right. And and I've always believed that that's the best way to be. 
um, regardless of whether you're an independent, Democrat, Republican, because it isn't about party. But, but Sheriff, it, you have been subjected to, I would say, major campaigns of, of intimidation that, yeah. you have, that you have not broken, you have not bowed. They've shown up at your house oh, yeah. on Thanksgiving, right? With your family, with your grandchildren, that they showed you, they come to your house, yeah, right, to try to ruin your Thanksgiving. Yeah, and that's 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 too bad. Uh, you know, look, there's there's plenty of room for for political, you know, exchange and things right. like that, and different points of view. Um, but you know, I think that's really gotten to a point. You see it around the country where the people just go and say, you know what, we're just going to find ways to try to intimidate you, harass you, do whatever. Um, and that's not that's not America. That's no, not America. Not. We, we, we're, we're better than that. You know, you can we can have. I mean, Tip O'Neill and Reagan. When, I mean, they fought vociferously over issues during the day, debating, right. and at night they go have a have a scotch and play cards. And they 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 didn't they didn't take it. They lo- they looked at each other's points of view. They didn't agree with them, but they the debate part of it. They could learn things from it. They could, and in the end, maybe you would win the, the debate this time. And maybe I win it next time. Right. I, I was speaking with someone actually who's been who's been a, a resident of your facility at one time, and they were talking because we were talking about the protests that, that have been going on it over the driver's license bill at legislators' yes. houses. And um, look, look, it's as you point out, it's not American really to go to legislators' houses or to go to the, sh- the elected right. sheriff's house and and protest and attempt to physically intimidate them. And I, I find it to be um, really disconcerting, particularly when there are people who are who are born and raised in foreign countries. So they don't have the same set of values, particularly, that we have. They've come to the country um, unauthorized, undocumented, however you want to put, phrase it. They're here illegally. And now they're, they're then showing up to people's houses, people like you, people like uh, Bill Strauss's house in Mattapoise, sure to protest the, the fact that they want the government to do what they want the government to damn well do right now. And I find that to be really, really un-American and, quite frankly, frightening. If, if, I, was in, if I was a kind of guy who got scared, I would be scared. But I'm not that kind I mean, of guy. I mean, first, first of all, I, I just want to say I'm not, I'm not in favor of, like, standing outside of local elected officials' houses or anything like that. But it happens. But I, I mean, but, but yeah, but to say it's a, it's a problem exclusively to people, like, that are, that are foreign-born, I mean... I didn't say that. I didn't. Yeah, you implied it. it. You implied no, no, it. Listen. People who are foreign born are doing it. Those are America do it. Do it at the Hodges house. Yeah. It was Marlene Pollock who right. was doing it. The sh- right. The sheriff's house. Republicans. I was, that, so don't say I did it. Saying they're foreigners. That's, they're not foreigners. Some of them are American citizens, but they're still going to. You just said they're foreign house. born and don't share our values. I said some of them are foreign born and don't share our, uh, our values. Marlene Pollock's born in this country, but she still does it. Yeah, I'm just. It's not a. Would you want people going to your house? You're an elected no, official. No, I just said no. I just said I'm not. I just said I'm not. But for I didn't it. say they're all foreign. I just. Born. I just said it was I not. Said there said are foreign some born that are foreign and born. don't share our values. I mean, there's Republicans that that are protesting out that protesting outside of Wu's house every single day. I, those there's, people are wrong. Charlie Baker's house every single Listen, day. You're the one who's 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 making a distinction without a difference. I said people in general, all people going to people's houses, is wrong. Going to the sheriff's house on Thanksgiving is wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the issue really is that we can have our different points of view. Um, it, it, through the, you know, I think Chris's point about intimidating people, right, and trying to intimidate them physically by, by you know, I'm in your face at your, you know, you know, disrupting your family or what have you. Look, I didn't. 
when they did that to me, I, I, I didn't even know. I, I thought I heard somebody call my name. I was like, I asked my wife. I thought I was going nuts. So somebody called my name. <laughs> right. So I went outside, and I went to the edge of my driveway, and there was a bunch of protesters across the street. So I might have reacted maybe different than other people did. I went over and just said, hey, everybody, happy Thanksgiving. I had no <laughs> right. idea you were coming. I can't right. believe you're out here in this weather, but it was so nice of you to drop by. And if you had, you know, if I had known you were coming, I, I would have been able to prepare more turkey. I but you do gonna... agree it does work on some people. Yeah, oh, some people are no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm saying a lot of people couldn't would would be you can't take more, the heat. They would be upset, and 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 rightfully so. That you know, it's upsetting. They're they're at their homes and whatever. Um, I you know, I think that people can do you know without going to people's right, getting in people's faces. The Supreme Court justices and all this stuff for what? It, you know, you don't like the laws. Follow the system. Change it. Exactly. And if it doesn't well, go your way, I think the Supreme Court's a different story. Well, well I, I, don't, I mean, they have, the Supreme Court's a different story because they have absolute authority over the law. So you can go to Congress, you can change the laws, you can do whatever you want, but then you have this council of nine that can basically say, do and say whatever they want. So I think protesting outside like a local elected official's house, like a legislature or sheriff or somebody like that, is much different than like the nine most powerful lawyers in the country. I, I think that's a They're still human a, beings. Right? They have a job in there. Mm. We may disagree. I think you're fast and loose with the, with the term human beings with well, some of those people. Okay, we, we can disagree. <laughs> but see, now this is, this is probably the better way to do it. Okay? That's probably the better way to do it. That was a group that was down on the corner right. at, at the mall. Right. And... So they had Hodgson's got to go and all that. So okay. right. and I wished him ha happy right. Easter. Tom, and then Tom, I said, Tom's you know showing us a picture of him waving, waving with the uh, with the protesters. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, the sign says Hodgson out. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? And 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 I didn't get angry. I went and just smiled. I said, you know what? Right. You guys are going to stand here. I'll, I'll stand here with you a little bit. Happy Easter. And I just waved the cars and smiled and they beeped and. But you you're know? also a career law enforcement person who's who's been on both sides of the gun before, right? So. So you're not going to bend and break the way it... In, in, oh, I, I'm not arguing your point. Right. You're absolutely right. I this. mean, the fact of the matter is you've got, the you got people, people who are selectmen or state legislators. Yeah. Who, they, 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 they shouldn't have to put up with it. Yeah, and their families. Right. What, what about their families? Oh, the kids, incredible. you got young kids and they're, they're, they're like, hey, mom, dad, why are people out, outside yelling at our, our house? You know, right. these are young kids. What did they do wrong? They didn't do anything wrong. You know, you, if you wanted to, you want to go to the person's office, talk to them, call them on the phone, ask them, meet with them, do whatever, and, and, and express your views. And every elected official should be willing to listen to those people. Right. You know, and, and, and argue the points. But to your point, I agree with you. It's, it's, you know, look. I always think of the the, the other what happened uh, a couple summers ago. People drove by and it, it was either a gunshot or firecrackers, and there was screaming swears at Mayor Mitchell's house, right, oh. right in the center of the city. He has yeah. children in the yeah, house, right? Of course. I mean, you know, you that type of thing drives good people from office. Yeah, it does, and that that is the campaign. That's what some people would love to see. Mayor, Mayor Mitchell actually went out and talked to them too. I remember, and then he walked in, and then they said, "That's what you say when you're trying to avoid the the real issues, or something like that." I remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. That, that was the, the, the yeah those protests. But then there was another group that came by, either, either discharge a firearm or blew firecrackers off, and, and then screamed at him. I mean, that type of stuff is scary business. Yeah, and and you know, it, it's it's very un-American. It's not. That's look, that's my point. Yeah, it's it it, it it we're better than that. Let's put it that way. I, I got to take a break. Some of us are. We'll be right back. Chris and Sheriff Hodgson, thank you for coming on, uh, for taking the calls and for answering our questions. Thanks for having me. It was uh, it was really great. It's always nice to hear from the the um, the, uh, the callers and and certainly to be with both of you. It's good yeah, to see sure. you, Chris. Fun, and, sure. You know, you, you look great, man. I'm thank so happy you. for you. It's the first time I've seen you since yeah, I got out of the hospital. Yeah, the sheriff spent a lot of time in the hospital with me too. 
Well, I saw you at, the, I saw you in, at your event. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you that's right. Yeah, yeah. For me too. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. great. It was good. Thanks, Tom. I'm still trying to get you for lunch, man. <laughs> I'll be around. Yeah. Thank you. Cove? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yep. Okay. So, but thank you both. It was it was really great. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to be here. And- it was fun. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely have you on in the future. Okay. Um, we're having a Democratic primary debate for the for whoever's running out against you. And when whoever wins that primary, we'd like to have you in and, and debate them here on air as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the invite. The land great. of the smart. I think it's good. I think I think the, you know the, the, that's a great. I think it's great that you know news. You, the talk radio is is really I think the way this country is going to going to be turned around and, and and you both you know are involved in it and, and to have the chance for listeners to be able to hear from both of us right. whoever that's going to be is is.